Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week, comedian, artist, and host of the Nerd Goat podcast. His YouTube channel is Reboot It. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ed Greer, welcome back, sir. Wow, man. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great, great week to come on and talk about the news. I, You know, <laughs> let me introduce the whole panel and then the, the disclaimers will start. But yeah, it is uh, it has been quite the week and uh, I am I'm glad you're here with us to discuss everything. Also with us from just she's in the house. She's calling from inside the house. She is a comedian. She's a writer. She's an actress. She is a trekker. She is back here with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Clee Wiggins, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Hello, David. Hello, Ed in the next room. <laughs> Hello, Timon. Hello. And as as Clee just did the Musketeer roll call, next on the list, always a pleasure to have him with us. He is a comedian, a scholar, and around these parts, the Black Voice of Reason, although competition for that title this week. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Time and Ship, welcome, sir. Thank you. Power to the people. Great to have all my people on, other black folks. Fist in the air to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> and so that this is this is where the disclaimer comes in. Sadly, Representative John Lewis passed away last night after battling cancer uh, and, and battling really not, not just the white. Well, yeah, that. But I was going to say, uh, throughout his life, not just the white devil, but bad bad actors on all sides. So uh, sad, very sad. But I wanted to say, it, it wasn't like, oh shit, John Lewis died. Better do an all black panel. Yeah, that just sort of, you know, timing, Happened. weirdness. Representing the Rothschilds, though, not an all-black panel. Uh, I am Dr. David Robinson. You're Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, not to mention the current one. Zionist educated, but not part of the conspiracy. And <laughs> there is there is so much going on, uh, so much to talk about, and we will be talking about it. But first, a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's <laughs> sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread, it's time for a second peek. So, 
<laughs> on on that note, I, I believe it was Best Calb who tweeted this week. I don't see how everything is going so poorly. I mean, we did everything wrong. <laughs> Which, you know, it's it's a lot of people like to say, oh, the coast of the leads, blah, blah, blah. And California was great at the beginning. We were the first to initiate a shutdown, masks. We were ahead of the curve on a lot of proclamations. On the actual execution of said proclamations, apparently not doing so well as we are one of the states that has been seeing cases going up exponentially. Uh, we mentioned John Lewis passing away. In addition to him, at this point, we've got 141,000 dead Americans thanks to the coronavirus and the inaction of our Trump administration. 3.68 million cases, although we wouldn't have half that many if we didn't have the testing by the presidential logic that makes no sense. Uh, yeah, this has just been poorly managed. And, I, you know, props to Governor Newsom for his initial response. But I think at some point, and tell me if you think I'm wrong, I think he buckled to the pressure in terms of letting stuff up. And that is why we find ourselves where we are. I thought it was too, I mean, this is just me maybe, but I thought it was too early when he decided to reopen bars and let everything, you know, beaches, what have well, you. We are, I think we're the largest or perhaps the second largest state populace wise and size wise, like the, the actual, but I don't, I don't think he did the wrong thing. I just want to thank Orange County for fucking it all up because it's their fault. <laughs> yeah, largely. Because if you look at the Bay Area, the Bay Area hasn't really risen to the same degree that L.A. County, Orange County, and San Diego County have. And that's because Orange County lies dead center between L.A. County and San Diego County. And they're the ones who flock to the beaches. And there's a lot of L.A. and San Diego residents who went to Orange County because they opened up. That county really fucked the whole state. Mm -hmm. Well, so if you look at the numbers and where they're coming you go, from, you, and that's why LA County and San Diego County school districts were like, we're shutting down for the school year in the fall because we're not going to fall for the banana and the tailpipe again. Uh, <laughs> these idiots in the middle screwing it for everybody. Well, you know, if you look at Northern California, they're more earthy people. They would they would do something more focused on following the advice of a Dr. Fauci. Orange County, that's Trump. That's Trump County. Exactly. I mean, they they follow Trump. They thought it was a hoax. They didn't believe it. And so basically Newsom said, OK, tell you what, go open your shit up and guess we got something for your ass. It's called death. All of you are going to get sick. <laughs> and look what happened. They got there. Death hit them all, all up in the throat. Oh, help me, help me. Oh, my God. I can't believe this is happening. I thought it was a hoax. Ain't no hoax. Told you. This is not the well, people. They say, well, hey, why don't we follow Japan or China? Well, we're not, we're not Asian. We're not like them. You know what I'm saying? That's that, as I said last week, Dave, the arrogance of Americans. That's why we're fucked. Yeah. Their behavior, their arrogance. Yeah. Well, and it's—I I think it's—it's it's kind of funny. 
you know, in a in a sort of a sad way, I guess. But there was a there was a report this week. I think it was someone they were uh, interviewing on, like Rachel Maddow, where they were talking to one of the doctors at one of the hospitals, uh, I believe in Texas, where they said, you know, someone checked in with just slight problems breathing, and three days later they were dead. And you see how quickly it moves, much like Chuck Woolery, former game show host, yeah. declaring that everybody is lying to you about about the coronavirus. Yeah. And then the next day, uh, his son tests positive and he removes his Twitter account. Just uh, it, it's shocking okay, how quickly this, these things go. What's that? To me... To me, the problem is, like, I, I really think a populist that can politicize anything is destructive. You can't, yeah. you can't politicize motherfucking gravity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't. It's, it's, it, it's, it's so odd that we're in a country that could, that could do that. We, we uh, Clea and I know several people. People are showing their ass during this <laughs> pandemic in regards to. You're learning exactly how crazy everybody is. You're learning mm-hmm. exactly what conspiracy theories everybody thinks about or, or believes. You learn everything about because we're, we're just isolated with our own thoughts. And we start to distill ourselves down to who we actually are. And, and a lot of people are dumb, oblivious, <laughs> incredulous assholes. Yeah. And if you live with them, it'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, we, we were talking a little bit before the show uh, about people, you know, the Karens and, and people who are freaking out over everything. And Timon mentioned, you know, in Florida, they're pulling guns on people. And I read a, I read a report about a, a guy in Texas who, who hit a, a bus driver with like a two by four with a board because the bus driver told him to, to wear a mask and he wouldn't put one on. And what it comes down to, because you see these people, you know, there was the, the redneck at the, the Costco or Sam's Club, wherever, who was, you know, screaming and advancing on an old lady who, who told him to put a mask on. There was that crazy woman who went to a Target and started, like, throwing shit off the shelves and knocking <laughs> sunglasses at masks. She was throwing masks off. And she could have just shopped and ignored. They weren't even asking her to wear a mask. That's what's hilarious to me about that one. Well, it's this. They didn't ask her to wear a mask. She just destroyed their mask display. It's it's this overreaction and selfishness. Like, you know, you, you could just tell people that you don't give a shit about anybody else instead of overreacting with it, you know? Well, what I mean, like I said, one thing about pandemics, they expose inequality. They also expose, do we have any humanity? Is it there? Because, I mean, you see it with the food lines already. You got people who have to go out and get food. They got, they're, I mean, they're, they're going through a lot of things. But they really believe, there are those that believe someone is taking something from them by having them put on a mask. You have to put on a seatbelt when you drive your car, but you don't want to, and it's, I mean, by law. Oh, you have to put on a seatbelt. Well, and that's but one of the other so things. When like, the seatbelt laws if, first came, people protested against seatbelt laws. Yeah. There's always idiots. Well, I'd once you, get, you find a few that go through the windshield, then they finally yeah. start saying, and that's what happened. I think, and I especially think the more conservative people that go out there and act stupid, like liberals and people who are intelligent, even if you're conservative socially, 
But if you're an intelligent person and you stay home as much as possible and you wear your mask when you go out and you maintain social distancing and you don't get sick. And then these conservatives that are out here coughing on each other and not wearing masks and posting these tweets and these videos saying, fuck that. And then three days later, they're dead or their mom is dead or their wife is dead or their child is dead. That's what's going to need to happen because that's what well, happened that, with seatbelt laws in the in the early eighties and the late seventies. They had well, a rash of people who were not dying in horrific accidents, and a rash of people who were dying in the exact same type of accident. And it took ten years really before people really paid attention. But and it's probably going to be like that. In nineteen eighteen, it was the same thing. There was a whole anti-mask league. That's the problem with with America as we are. I mean, I've I've been thinking a lot this week about you know you've seen the the meme going around comparing wearing a mask to uh someone peeing on you and wearing pants like if Mm -hmm. nobody's wearing pants they're gonna pee all over you yeah it's great one of the things i was thinking about this week though that may hit home a little more with some people is it's a lot like drunk driving you know, a lot of people think, well, I, I know what I'm doing and I, I'll be fine. If anyone gets hurt, it's only going to be me. And that sort of negates the reality of the situation that, no, I mean, if you run into something, you are most likely to get hurt. But depending on what that something is, whether it's another car full of people, whether it's people without a car around them, it's a treat. People are going to get hurt. And the idea is if you can do something to to prevent anyone getting hurt you you know people buy buy fire insurance or renters insurance you know because mm-hmm. it's not like i've got burglars surrounding my place or coming in every day hello how you doing hey we're just going to take this laptop thank you very much but you get insurance just in case something happens. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, over 5.4 million uh, Americans have lost their health insurance throughout the pandemic because of their job losses, because their insurance is tied to their work. So we're, we're still waiting for that big, beautiful, better than Obamacare replacement that uh, Trump was promising four years ago and hasn't really said much about since. Strangely, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been using uh, that insurance analogy for people who like are saying they don't want to wear a mask. Like, do you have car insurance? Do you have homeowners or renters insurance? Because the mask is the same thing. Yeah, I I absolutely, (laughs) obviously, uh, definitely agree. Uh, But overall, I think it's just again the politicization of of just basic facts and the lack of knowledge about history. Because I'll certainly admit I didn't spend my young life learning about what the fuck happened in 1918. As far as that goes, I learned a lot about prohibition so I can mm-hmm. learn about taxation and the power of the law. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about the civil rights movement, especially the parts where everybody was kumbaya about the shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I like, you, didn't, you, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, you yeah. learn a lot of innocuous bullshit, but you don't learn the power of the collective in that instance coming together to the point where they were like, hey, we're going to put you in motherfucking jail. How about that? We're going to start putting fools in jail for not wearing masks because people in 1918 with their bullshit level of science uh, were able to determine that it was coming out of people's motherfucking mouths. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And certain things are simple and, and, and they pull together as a collective so that they could, they could go their own ways. You know what I'm saying? You pull together to get through the pandemic so that you can start hating each other for race or whatever after it's all over. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and that's part of the well, problem. We were we were talking. Logic. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking uh, uh, last week. Whenever you start using logic, come on. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I was mentioning my dad lives in Vietnam, and we were talking last week about how not praising authoritarianism, but through their authoritarian approach to the virus and locking shit down, there have been no deaths reported uh, because of the virus in Vietnam. And granted, that might be because of the authoritarian government. But, you know, they aren't even letting Vietnamese citizens come back in from America. Whereas with America, we're we're all about the exceptions. This is this is part of American exceptionalism. Well, we got to lock everything down, except we'll let Americans in who've been in China and Wuhan. We got to shut everything down, except for churches. We'll still let the churches have services. I don't know. I'm guessing this is probably going to be a yes all around. But do you guys remember the uh, the great 1980s movie Night of the Comet? Oh yes. yeah. There was yes, I do. So, Timon, you're you're looking confused. It's a lot of fun, no. uh, but it was basically the marriage of a, a wacky teen comedy with uh, zombie pandemic films. And spoiler alert: uh, the the scientists who thought they had everything set and knew how to survive the destruction that the comet was bringing, they they had their fortress all set up, but someone left one of the air conditioning vents open. And so the virus got in a little bit through that. And that is, that's what's happening here in America, except instead of by accident, we're leaving the air conditioning vents open just because freedom is what we do, man. (laughs) It's, it's like last week I was saying that Americans have this problem of mistaking selfishness for rugged individualism. Not all Americans, but many. And I think this is this is the thing. We are we are designing the flaws into the system to make people feel better. And it's not working. <laughs> we we need to, you know, and I'm not saying we need to go full on authoritarian lockdown. But if you are letting people back into the country, they need to be quarantined. You know, we do it even in non-pandemic times. We do it with pets in certain countries. You know, it's like, oh, you're flying with your dog. Dog has to be uh, locked down, you know, for 14 days. Make sure it's not bringing any illness into the country that's going to fuck up our dogs. These are the kinds of things well, we they already do that. But they're already doing that in certain. I mean, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is you know, like that, but. that that already exists. You know, so it's not like it's a, a foreign idea. No pun intended that you know we, we oh we, we we've never done that before we do it in well, other ways though, and it's it's to me though it doesn't it doesn't have to be authoritarian to me i just feel like it's one of these things where we talk so much in america about how we're supposed to melting pot uh how we're this how we're that all these highfalutin ideals and we can't come together on one damn thing like out of a set of of mutual preservation you used a car metaphor earlier it's just like that yellow, a mask is that yellow line on the street that keeps this lane from that lane. You know what I'm saying? This oncoming traffic from that traffic. You know what I'm saying? Uh, on one side of a double yellow line, people are coming this way, 
And if you go across that line, you will get murdered or you will murder other people. Yeah, but we salmon salmon swim line. upstream. I don't see yeah. what's wrong. Why why can't you do that? Salmon do it. We let fish do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that that that's that's America and that's the, the so-called Karens. That's all these people who and you said it right. It's American exceptionalism and it's always except me. I can I can do X, Y, Z. Oh no, no, no. Not not me though. And you see all these these famous O's. Uh, Megan the Stallion, a rapper, got shot at a party this weekend. Bitch, why was you at a party? I just, I don't understand. Like, uh, do you think stacks of $100 bills in the walls, Breaking Bad style, you know, because you're so rich, keeps that shit out? Is that what you think? Do you think cash insulates you? But you know what I'm saying? Like, how the fuck? It, it just, to me, it's, it, it boggles the mind how many of our citizens have decided, like, uh, me and Clee had an argument about this shit, because, uh, and I'm not talking out of school, but we were considering trying to, like, maybe everybody's going so fucking stir-crazy that we're considering adding people to our pod, seeing if there's some safe people out there to congregate with, even social distancing-wise, just to be like, hey, you seem re- reasonably safe, blah, 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 but then you start thinking about it, this friend we were gonna let in fucks 25-year-old chicks who think they're gonna live forever and walk on the beach without no fucking mask, probably. And this other motherfucker, they're halfway libertarian. These motherfuckers think they're so ruggedly individual they can't get it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you really start breaking it down, I can't trust nobody. I feel like the the jerk and hey. I feel like Ellen Ripley. I feel like Ellen Ripley and Alien. Like, look, can't nobody come back in the shit. Fuck it. Nobody can come back hey, in the hey, shit. I'm sorry. And I feel your pain. He's been my therapist. I've been telling him all my issues. They said, Ty, let's do virtual dating. I I can't touch you. I can't be around (laughs) anybody. You know, I've been doing virtual museums. Uh, Virtual. I'm tired of virtual. (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't work. I don't know if you got anything. I was screaming at a prostitute. I told, because the guy blew his horn, his brother, right? And I said, no, COVID-19, COVID, don't do it. <laughs> no, let it go by. <laughs> but they're out there. Out there on Sepulveda. Oh, man, look. And still, I'm like, wow, damn. Scares me. Scares me. So, yeah, I, I totally understand. We were dealing with some serious idiots who think that they're invincible. They Aren't they having the, um, the COVID-19 parties, these young fuckers? They haven't mm-hmm. to see who's got well, the COVID nineteen yeah, party. Those idiot colleges <coughs> down in Alabama who had that oh COVID nineteen party. Yeah. And, and, then, and literally, it's, like the on. first one to die was like, "I think I made a mistake." That was literally his last word. Yes, which is just so. <laughs> yeah, Alabama. Oh Speaking of Alabama, uh, I I heard the governor. Uh, she she was giving her press conference because. They finally realized, oh, maybe we need to start wearing masks and stuff. And I, I don't know if it's just me, but when I hear the governor of Alabama speak, I picture her like Mammy Yoakum from the Lil Abner uh, comic strip with a, with a shotgun in her lap and a rocking chair on the porch and a corncob <laughs> pipe hanging out of her mouth because she sounds that backwoods. And knowing everything that's been going on, with the virus and what Alabama specifically has, well, has not been doing to mitigate the spread. When when she was given her press conference mandating masks this week, and she said, now we, we've done everything that we could up until now. And it's like, no, 
No, you haven't. You you pretty much did no. exactly the yeah. opposite of everything you could have. And that's well, that's why this is happening. Josie Wells. <laughs> I did. I thought of that. Outlaw Josie Wells, the old lady that, that uh, threw him the uh, stuff when he was getting ready to get on the boat. He's riding mm-hmm. around. It's got mustard green and rattlesnake on it and throwing it and throwing it. You can pay me later, out Josie Wells, and you know, some shit. That's when I heard her speak. I was like, damn, you are backwards. Whoa. I'm waiting for her to spit some tobacco and shit. But again, and we're talking about, though, this this whole the seizing. The yeah. thing that really bothers me about all this is the seizing on the freedom angle. My my freedom, it's we, we're always able to understand that it's not about your freedoms. How come these people can understand that it, that when the cops are trying to wrestle you up and decide that, hey, you need to step out of the car because your tags are messed up and you don't want to do that. What What's up with the respect of freedom there? You know what I'm saying? No, no, nobody respects I, your freedom there, oh, they, but they want to go. Pandemic Pam all over the place. Well, and I, I think that's a that's a good segue uh, because I don't know if you guys have been keeping track with what's been happening in Portland, Oregon, but it came out this week that the the feds have unmarked vans and they are picking up peaceful protesters, throwing them in jail, questioning them, and then you know it's it's kind of a catch and release program sort of like fishing, but it's still highly unconstitutional. And I think it's just so they can document, like get their fingerprints, get their images so that they can track the database, their lives. Yeah. Yeah, Trump Trump sent them in. Trump sent those guys in there. Yeah. It's they, I think it's a full on there. There might as well be putting a, what is that? That star or that triangle, whatever that they put on, Jews in Germany before they started rounding them up. It's that. That's what they're doing. Well, I do believe it is definitely a tag a tagging system. These are all yeah. correct. They're tagging sharks from, from everybody. <laughs> but it, it but also I it cannot be understated that this is a terroristic campaign against American citizens. I don't want to sound like, like the junior senator from Shitheadville, but I, I just feel like <laughs> I, it it really we must not lose sight of that because that's how they do. We start to normalize these little things like, oh, yeah, see, the reason why they're snatching people off the streets, let us not get past snatching people off the fucking streets, dude. No due process, no reading of rights, no uh, telling somebody. The, the whole point of uh, jail and bail and all that shit is so they can juice some money out of you. We've all accepted that. You go to jail, it's for them to get a little I'm bit sorry, of money I'm sorry, so they can what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? So they can what? So juice they... money out of you. Oh, juice. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I'm like, wait times, a minute. Yes, Let me... <laughs> like going full on as Nick in... Cannon on me here. It's like, wait, what, no, what just as happened? As in, as, in, as in OJ. No, no, Dave. Right, right. He didn't say juice. He said <laughs> juice. You got to hear that. I don't know. I tried to reduce. He pronunciated. He didn't go juice. <laughs> I, I blame Skype. No. I blame Skype. But it was, okay, it was like, okay. wait, this is this is not the ad I know. And we were just we were just bagging on Nick Cannon before this. What what just happened? Here? This just took a very strange turn. Yeah. As in squeeze. I, okay, fine. Squeeze. Yeah. Squeeze some money out of it. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the bottom line is. 
the bottom line is, as I take my turban off, uh, the, the bottom line is, I, I think we can't get past the fact that, like, they're really basically saying to people like myself, I'm an on-the-fence protester type. I would be out there, but A, cowardly. B, fat. C, jail. D, no. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, all these factors, and I'm not about to bring COVID back to my girl because I decided to raise my fist in something that I honestly I feel is dope, but futile in my case. I'm, I'm over here preaching to the choir. You know what I'm saying? So, no, absolutely. Like all these excuses not to get out there and do stuff, but basically, there's this added layer of you're not just going to get put in jail and, and they and they squeeze you for a hundred dollars two hundred dollars whatever to get out it's not just that they're gonna take me somewhere and they're not gonna tell Clee where the fuck i'm at or my mom or anybody where the fuck i'm at and theoretically they could do anything they want to to me to place that thought in the head of the average american you will see these protests de- decrease you definitely motherfucking will yeah. and that's we haven't about. stopped locking up people at my job we're still locking people up. Yeah. We pick them up all the time. So little Junior and Pookie and Ray Ray and Boo Boo. We lock has them it slowed down up. at all? Like has juvenile crime slowed down at all for you, Timon? We let the, we let them out, mm. but they're still getting locked up. They still find a way. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the fifteen-year-old that refused to do. She was uh, the judge had her locked up in juvie because she did not show up for her vi- her class on, on uh, the video. And yeah, so he gave her juvenile detention. Yeah, virtual school. So he gave her juvenile I thought that was done. I thought that we didn't do that anymore because when I, at one time, we had 800 kids locked up. You know, we would, if you as much as farted in the wind wrong, they would lock you back up. If you didn't uh, go to class. But now, we're letting them out. We let a lot of them out. But they keep, you know, I keep telling, I, I was like, I, you know, uh, I said to one, you know, I would let all you guys out. He said, really? I said, yeah. I said, because within a week, all you fuckers will be back. Well, and going back to the, the feds in Portland picking people up off the streets, I, I, I think it's interesting, and I'm certainly not the first to point it out, but all these these folks in, in their, you know, white power militias who talk about, you know, the, the tyranny of the federal government that's coming down, it it's here. And they're not doing anything about it. It and I don't know if it's because they're focusing on the wrong the, thing. Well, I don't it's I was gonna say I don't know if it's because, well, they're they're picking up and locking up the right people, the people they should be locking up. You know, nah, this is, I, I think, as we were saying before, this is a test run. This is, this is, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's for when Trump loses the election in November, if people come to their senses. But that's, that's part of the problem of going, jumping back in the conversation of the whole American exceptionalism thing. And everyone thinking that the problem is with everybody else and, mm-hmm. and not me. We, we don't learn from the mistakes. And like you were saying, Ed, you know, we don't teach them. I, I'm with you. I didn't learn about the, the 1918 flu epidemic in school. Had we, had we learned about that, maybe we would be more equipped to deal with something like what we're dealing with now. Instead, we got to go to zombie movies and, and other things to, and a lot of people, don't see the transferable skills involved there. Mm-hmm. That 
you know, uh, Max Brooks, who wrote World War Z, and he's got a, a new book out about uh, Bigfoot. But he he was talking about doing his research on World War Z, and the the whole idea that the the zombie epidemic is modeled after the spread of disease in 1918. Wow. Yeah. It's a pandemic in the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, ab- absolutely. And it's one of these things where uh, you said transferable skills. Again, though, when you learn everything from media, what really happens in these movies? Rugged individualists who are armed survive mm-hmm. global pandemics, zombie crap, and they only wear a mask if they're in the middle of a sandstorm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like this propensity to kind of categorize, and you said it very well earlier. This American exceptionalism slash rugged individualism. I'm surprised anybody tried to shoot the virus off of nobody yet. You know what I mean? Because we we think like that. Unfortunately, we think we can shoot it, subdue it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. We, we're gonna, we, we, we have that mentality about everything, microscopic stuff we can't deal with. Well, and if not just the violent aspect, you know, I remember during the, the one of the Republican debates leading up to the 2016 debacle of an election, when, when Jeb Bush told Trump, you know, you can't insult your way into the White House. Turns out he was wrong. Hmm. And hmm. Trump, Figured, well, I could do that, so that's how I'm going to get rid of the virus, too. And the thing is, virus doesn't care about insults. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can talk shit all you want. Virus is going to keep killing. That's why I love that they're trying to silence Dr. Anthony Fauci when he doesn't really work directly for the White House. So he can talk to whoever he wants. So they can re- do all the opposition research on him that they want to. But he's been in this game for 34 years. And he don't care about your opposition research. And he can still talk to ABC News and MSNBC and CNN and even Fox. And it doesn't matter because, you know, they they can try to discredit him, him, but it's not going to work because he is more trustworthy than the president when it comes to this particular issue. And nobody calling for Dr. Fauci to run for fucking president. And he doesn't want to do that. He just wants to help solve this problem right here in front of us well like them switching the information to where now the cdc does not it's not going directly it's going to the hhs right. you know to try and control i mean you got desantis out in florida not wanting to let you know what's happening with the hospital rates he's mm-hmm. trying to control that Dude, you cannot control it so you're, you're basically going to commit crimes just like you committed you know allow you commuted stones thing you're going to do everything mm-hmm. right in our face and everybody just said, oh, well, it's just the president. It's like, it's time for it. I think people are getting tired because you're seeing all this death. And this guy's sitting up here letting his buddies out of jail and all these he things. You're not really caring about it. disapproval rating. That's unprecedented. Yes. <laughs> no and president time. has had a lower approval rating ever. Well, Donnie Deutsch. Donnie Deutsch thinks, and I, some people said, they, some do believe it. Donnie Deutsch believes that Trump is going to resign. He is not going to finish because by the time November rolls around, don't let it get to 200,000 people. If it gets mm-hmm. to 200,000, he's done. Oh, well, I, 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 oh, could yeah. say. I think I think it would only take 300,000 people for every person in America <laughs> to only be one degree separated from somebody who's died. So. 
And we're at what, 138? Are we yeah, at 138? Like, yeah. 141. Okay. We might even be over 140 right Yeah, now. it's 141. So if you had 300,000 okay. people that died from coronavirus, you would only be one degree separated from at least one person who's died. Wow. Well, and, that, and you know, you know, that, he's just amazing. He's that. just going to be saying they're only dying to make me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how horrible these these liberals are. Is they're only dying in mass numbers to make Donald Trump look bad. And that's what I love about it because it's like it's all over the world. Like I watch a couple. I watch a lot of YouTube um, when I'm working on my puzzles. And one of the shows that I watch is this d- show or this channel called Korean Englishman. And it's this British dude who partially grew up. He's a white British guy who partially grew up in Korea. So he has a lot of friends in Korea, and but he lives in London. Now, he's like, Korea is about 70% open. It's still a lot of restrictions, but people are at their offices restaurants are open at about half capacity which is enough for most restaurants to to operate and stay open and pay their rent and stuff like that whereas 25 percent, it's not feasible for most restaurants because the way the markups work and and retail businesses are open so you can go shopping in korea in london their london is almost as bad as america as far as how much they had where their robot where their phase outs are although they're a little bit ahead of the 25 or so states that are having to roll back like California and Arizona and so forth. And it's like, if this was just about Trump, why the fuck does Korea care? They don't care about us. (laughs) South Korea, Busan, the train to Busan is out here trying to stay at home so that they can fuck with Donald Trump. They don't care. It's so stupid. That's why I'm talking points. I'm like, you don't even know any, like anything about what's happening outside of your like county, much less your country. Because why do you even give a fuck about Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah. Well, they've you know they they are definitely we yeah we've definitely dropped the ball. I mean we, you know we were supposed to be ahead of everything. We are as far as dying. Yeah, we're ahead. <laughs> yeah. But everyone else is beating us. We're supposed to have the best, you know, best everything. And I don't know how many doctors, I mean, uh, that have come on epidemiologists. They had all these scientists, and Trump politicized everything and got all of them out. Saying, hey, follow me. I know more than they do. They got it wrong. It's not their way to do No, no, no. We're going to open it up. And yeah, so now that's that whole battle of you, do you go make the money or do you die? You know what it reminds me of? You, you know the old story about Disney used to do a lot of uh, nature documentaries? And I guess they still do. You know, on uh, Sunday night, the world of yeah. Disney, whatever it was. You know, they, they, would, they would have nature documentaries. And this is where we get the the legend about lemmings jumping off a cliff and apparently the the story was that was the urban legend and so they wanted to they wanted to film that for one of their documentaries and you know the lemmings were stampeding and they got to a cliff and they stopped because you know it's a cliff and that wasn't matching up to the story so the filmmakers started flinging the lemmings off the cliff and to this day, we we still believe that you know lemmings will engage in in mass suicide because of momentum, and I mm-hmm. feel like that's where we are as a country. There there are some people who don't want to run off the cliff, 
And then you, you have, you know, the, the hardcore Trump fans and these anti-science people who are, who are like, no, you, you need to, we need to make my side of the story right, even though it's not. So we're, we're flinging people off the cliff and Hey, you know, it's so weird to me too, because they're the people who don't believe and the people who are listening to them is their base. Mm -hmm. So they're literally diminishing the majority of the people who are dying outside of the black and brown communities are white people who are denying that this is a real thing. Young mm -hmm. people, young Southerners, older Southerners, and people who live in red states are the majority of the people who are dying. Why are you killing off your voters? Well, what it's the a, fuck kind of sense does that my, make? My guess is that someone said, hey, it's a business model that's been working for the tobacco industry for years. So let's do that. <laughs> yeah, but the tobacco industry can create more smokers. You can't create more COVID people. Well, I, I, why, 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 do you, why do you think they're so, quote unquote, pro-life? Well, no, you know, but that, I, pregnancy makes COVID worse. And there are studies that are saying now that pregnant women who contract COVID can literally pass it to their babies and then the woman will not test positive but their fetus will yeah what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> well also also there's this thing though this uh, and i i'm glad we had an opportunity to talk about this part of it <laughs> I, we need to kill this conception that conservatives and i'm not saying clee was saying that or that i'm saying this but uh, this perception that that conservatives are old and southern and this and that, I'm telling you, man. I I went on a deep dive the other day and found so many 24 year old Republican ass people who are just yearning to conserve that to keep that tiki torch burning. Uh, they're, 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 this this concept that we are ever at this rate with this amount of education, right? Gonna run out of conservative people is specious they keep minting more there are more and more young people who are taken to this as some form of rebellion because so much of what the left is saying sounds so correct that they gotta rebel against it <laughs> yeah. especially but if they're the racist young people are the ones who are dying that's my point is what you guys do is it uh the but you got that your... are dying now are people between the ages of 18 and 30 it's ridiculous yeah. well you got your who is it uh you got your black conservatives too you got john mcwater you got Glenn Lowry, Elder, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. do you guys know Chris Rubio? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. Piano Man, yeah. Piano Comic. Yeah, Rubio, is, uh, that was the guy I was telling Dave about. He's a, he's a big Republican, young. Him and his wife, they're Republican. They're, they were trying to tell me about all their, uh, you know, different stuff, who they follow. And I said, no, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you guys put an idiot in office, and you're going to pay for it. You're gonna, you, you guys like to eat your own. You, you always do. And so here's another mess that when Trump is gone, Democrats are going to have to come in and clean this shit up. And it's going to make us look bad because we're going to be the cleanup crew who are going to enforce the rules. It's like a good it's like the, the lenient parent mm. and the strict parent. And it's like Trump is the lenient parent who lets people do whatever the fuck they want, engage their base instincts, engage their the worst impulses that they have. And then here comes Papa fucking Uncle Joe, who's going to, if he gets elected, which I hope he does, even though I do not like him, I don't like having to vote for him, but 
he's gonna he's at least gonna surround himself with people who are gonna come in and be the bad parent and put the hammer down. And then it's gonna look like Democrats want to create some sort of police state because they're gonna mandate masks for a year or whatever the hell. But it's the well, only way like if you want the economy back on track like Korea like Asian countries who have their economies back and who are beating us in the stock market, which is the way that Donald Trump likes to measure prosperity, even though it's bullshit. Their stock market is back because everybody wore a mask for eight months since fucking February. And we're in July and they're back and we're fucked. Right. But the people told them, though, they, they, they've been telling for a while. Not be in this. Right. I mean, you got guys like Navarro attacking Fauci. And I was like, what do you know about science? You had Ron, uh, was it Rand, Rand Paul? Was it Rand Paul? Who attacked Fauci also? Yeah. He yeah. had the shit. He had coronavirus. And he's still like, it's bullshit. I, I think wrong with you? someone needs to start a Kickstarter for his for Rand Paul's neighbor. It's like, we'll we'll pay your bail and your legal costs. Finish the job this time. Just just take him out. <laughs> Tackle the motherfucker. It's well at yeah, well, they, they're always talking this. Uh, you know, the 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 little guy who will not be named. Uh, his name rhymes with Ben Shapiro. People like that, these public <laughs> uh, conservative intellectuals, suppose, and I put that in quote marks, that say stuff like facts don't care about your feelings, and conservatives eat that sort of rhetoric up because they think it's a fact that white people created America all by themselves with no. <laughs> labor from anybody else and no intellectual labor from anybody else certainly well there was you know obviously no uh, labor there you know. where find the receipts where did where did this so-called labor where did they get paid huh it, yeah exactly. so you can't prove so, they so exist engaging in specious ridiculous <laughs> dog chasing its tail arguments like that that was a perfect example and they uh, obfuscate everything and they're used to this weird shell game of i got your nose you know they're used to just <laughs> playing around you know doing this rhetorical bullshit all i'm saying is now that there are hardcore facts to observe that actually don't care about their feelings, their fucking feelings are paramount. I feel like I should go outside and barbecue. I feel like I should put raisins in a potato salad and get a bunch of people together and scream at each other's faces. I feel like that's what's necessary. Fuck your feelings. Like, it, it, it's so funny how if you feel like the police are putting their fucking knee on your neck, it's just your feelings. But if you feel like you can't breathe in a mask, that's more important. Fuck, man. It, it, our priorities, uh, not our. You said Ben Shapiro, well, didn't you? Didn't you say, did you say Ben Shapiro? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one, the guy with the whiny voice, right? Right, right. Yeah. And he's getting all these brothers coming on his show that he's like trying to get to back him. You, you know, he's bringing all these young dudes. What's the, uh, I don't know, the guy that, that went up against Taishi Coates. He went up against Coates uh, about oh, reparations. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, uh, he was he was on there. And Ben's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right with me, right? Yeah, we're good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, no. He said, you, you said black people are, are, are complaining about stuff. What about Chicago? Why are you killing more black people? No, it's it's more what white people. More white people, according to the president. You know, yeah, more white people are dying <laughs> oh, all, all the time. This is hilarious. Can't you can't you feel for us for once? Why does it have to always be about the black people dying? Nobody cares oh, about people. us. But white people too. At, at more white people. Well, not at the same rate though, motherfucker. Like, well, well and, yeah, total because you guys outnumber 
but not at the same rate. You know, I, I would think the, the correct answer to that question would be, well, you know, really the police shouldn't be killing anybody. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I know I'm crazy. I watched that quote. The first time I saw that quote was on Good Morning America. And the anchor on Good Morning America said literally that. Shouldn't, I mean, you would think he would say the police shouldn't be killing anybody. Anyway, moving on. Tyra Banks <laughs> is the new host of Dancing with the Stars. Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> that bothered you too, huh? Forehead's going to be there? Yep. Like, okay, no. at seven in the morning on Disney-owned ABC, that was the editorializing of the fucking anchor, and then she flipped it, and it was amazing. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good <laughs> like that, I guess. You would think he would say. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like, well, but, but, years... But again, but again, but again, he can't say that, though. On some real shit, just real quick, he can't say that yes, because his base thinks that there is always a reason to murder somebody. There can be always reasons. They're the ones who pop up in the comment section. Every time you put one of these videos of just stark police brutality, under it are thousands of comments that say stuff like, well, what's the, where's the previous five minutes of the video? What was he doing? I think perhaps they might have had a gun or smelled like marijuana. Blah, blah, blah. They start going to this litany of whataboutism. And, but know, even when you do that, even when you give them the rest of the video, they're like... Like like George Floyd, it all starts because he supposedly, and we still don't even, I don't even think we still know, supposedly passed a bad $20 bill. $20. Well, well, Candace Owens says he's he's, uh, he's a criminal. And he has previous history of crimes for which he's been punished, which is why we know he might have a previous history of crime. Because he's already been to jail, served time, been on probation. So if he already served his time, why are we murdering him now? Should he have gotten the death penalty eight crimes ago? Or is $20 the reason why he was killed? Or is it because that cop, Derek Chauvin, did the absolute fucking wrong thing because he's a piece of shit? Well, well it's, ca- it's kind of like uh, it's like a punch card at a, at a sandwich shop. You know, is you do enough crimes. has gone back and forth on her. What's that? story about how, how well they could have known each other the nightclub oh yeah yeah has gone her story has changed multiple times on how well they might have known each other and no i don't think any of their co-workers have really come forward to say they knew each other well or they didn't know each other at all because it's apparently it's a big nightclub well and i would think also because you know he probably wasn't the only off-duty cop that they hired so everyone's keeping their mouth shut mm-hmm. because they know that you know yeah. these these cops believe they have a license to kill, and it's I think it's the head of the the Minneapolis or maybe the whole state, but the police union is is a known racist and and white supremacist. The police union, not the not their chief of right. police, is actually black. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the the head of the union. The I don't know if it's the city or the state union. And still has said that he doesn't think that Derek Chauvin did anything that was that bad. He's like, well, you never know what the situation is. Well, we now we know what the whole situation is, and it still looks like he was a piece of shit. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, even if you do the history of cops and 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 uh, and black people, I mean, all the way back to the black codes, it mm-hmm. has never been good. I mean, they've you know, policing of blacks have been so bad. And everybody says, well, you know, you you, you guys need to stay out of history. No, history is telling you how things got the way that they are. You know, and I think Taishi Coates made a good point when he said, if I shoot you or if a person gets shot, yeah, 
you know, you might, the wound might heal, but that trauma is still there. The yeah. trauma of getting shot. So the trauma of dealing with policing over the years. And, you know, they said, well, the, the riots. The, well, black folks didn't create riots. They did not. But riots you're, but you're perfecting them. When they're watching things happen. What's that? I said, but we you're, you them? didn't create them, but you're perfecting them. Black si- black riot scientists are currently yeah, so working. Like the Japanese at- with the Walkman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm 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 just picturing like a like a scene with like a bunch of like black scientists in lab coats, like you know, taking bats <laughs> to windows and you know, beating up like mannequins in cop uniforms and like other black scientists taking notes on clipboards and nodding. It's like black well, dude, science it was, it perfecting really writing for the 21st is, century. Dude, yeah, and what's really terrible is I think that's what people think that we're out to do for real. Like nobody, it's so funny how like people, the it's cops like to say that we don't want to have to shoot people, but the if you look at the stuff we have we collectively have rioted over versus the stuff that they have been able to do with impunity, it doesn't even it doesn't even match up. The the, the level of stuff that they've been able to get out away with, we should have riots every day. It's been said by mm-hmm. smarter people than me, but we should have riots every day for the amount of stuff they've gotten away with. We don't. So it just shows you how much we've been pushed collectively. You know, Dave, on your flipboard, you had the, the speech of John Lewis. I don't know if you know about that speech, but you know that before he took the speech, before he was about to do the speech where they were on the in Washington, uh, the, the Catholic Church came out against it. You got to change that. Then uh, Robert Kennedy also came out and said, you got to change your speech. They wanted to see it because they didn't like the words like revolution. They didn't like the words like um, masses, you know, they didn't want the, they didn't want any of that because they thought, you know, they had already brought in, you know, the army, the, the National Guard stating because they were afraid of what was going to go down because the march had started and they put those guys in front because the people said, fuck y'all, we're about to get started. So they put them in front and John, uh, uh, I think it was another guy, I think uh, that was with them, uh, has said, hey, man, you know, we've been waiting a long time to do this. Please don't screw it up. So they were so worried about what was going to happen in, in John Lewis's speech mm. because of what he was going to say. And he was he was about to tell them, you know, hey, you know, but he still he changed the words a little bit, but he kept to what he was saying. It was going to be a social revolution. And then he just I think he just said masses. He didn't say black masses or something like that. But it was amazing how they would, you know, they're so afraid of what's going to happen, but you know you're trying to control what's going on. But this is in early '60s, you know the Civil Rights Act hadn't. I don't even think it had even been signed yet, you know. No. You know, and so we were. You, you, like you said, yeah, we had to go through so much shit. Once even you sign a a, a law or put it into law, you still got to enforce it. Mm-hmm. You still have to enforce everything that we're trying to get done. You know, and then you still turn around and kill Martin Luther King in '68. Well, let, I mean, let me the, ask the you. The main problem is the, at the at that big march, they weren't social distancing, and that's uh, <laughs> the real cause. <laughs> the, the, uh, the march on Washington, they weren't social distancing, so and they were all eating bats. So that that's what well, happened. And I'm a yeah, it's it's kind of like when Obama and Biden uh, stopped their testing uh, for for COVID nineteen uh, in in the oh, middle of their term. Totally 
you know, oh, that it's, was hilarious when he said that. that. That's the social distancing wasn't being done by Martin Luther King and them. Let me ask, let me ask you guys a question. And he's saying that he said that he said that Biden is fucked up in the head, dude. You put didn't he make up a comment about the uh, about the airport and and uh, oh, the airports and the, the Revolutionary, and the Revolutionary War. War. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Biden hasn't said any crazy shit like that. You're talking about this dude. When oh Biden God. steps on his words, but he doesn't misspeak in ways that would create like time ripples because there's anachronisms happening. Well, like and he also, he doesn't, War. he doesn't flat out <laughs> lie and then double down on it. You know, that's, yeah. uh, what did he say, Dave? He, in, he's in his first 827 days, Trump told 10,000 lies. Yeah. yeah. And then like God. the next 10,000, <laughs> it only took him another like 400 days. It, it was like the virus. <laughs> it, it's coming up. It increases on an exponential scale. I, I want to ask a question, yeah. uh, you know, and taking advantage of the fact that I, I've got a, an all-black panel here with me today. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys, uh, you know, we were talking about Karens and and that whole mentality earlier. I believe it was this week. They all blend together. But I think it was this week when the, the bird watcher from Central Park, Chris Cooper. Right, Cooper. Yeah. said that he was not going to press charges against the so-called uh, Central Park Karen Amy Cooper, no relation, for calling the cops and, and lying, essentially well, to potentially wanna, get him yeah, killed. He didn't want to cooperate with the investigation to prosecute her. Yeah. and so it's I'm not really his choice to press charges in New York State, but he didn't want to cooperate with the investigation. I, I don't know. I'm... I, you know, I'm very I'm vengeful minded. I'm not that surprised. I'm not surprised, that. but I'm a little disappointed. His sister wanted blood, though. His sister wanted his, his sister, sister wants that bitch to be under the jail. Hell no. yeah. <laughs> she stepped up big time and said, oh, oh, hell no. She yeah. needs to go. <laughs> but I think she understands her brother in a way. Like, she doesn't think that her brother would have fought for this. So I think that's why she went so public with her feelings on it. And that's part of the reason why the story even went viral is because of the sister. But I think I'm not surprised, nor am I particularly disappointed in that way. I'm a little saddened, but I had that brother figured out from jump. And I knew this was happening. Was this going to happen? Like, I'm not in any way shocked because he's a, there's a certain type of black nerd that just wants to live their life and they don't want to be bothered with any right. of the burdens that come with being black and they do everything in their power to not feel that. So this was simultaneously his worst nightmare and also his best opportunity to implement operation. I would really rather just watch these motherfucking birds. So like, I'm not. I'm not disappointed because it's. It, I. I think it's in keeping with everything I can discern about his character. So and I get it. Yeah, I know a I, lot of black people like that. Like, no, you I, know a lot of black nerds. They. They don't even want to leave their yeah. houses. He. I no. think he's mad that his hobby took him to a place where he has to be outside. He's like, if only I could be a comic book nerd, <laughs> then I would never have to go outside and not even have to deal with it. <laughs> But I think, well, especially those blacks in suburbia. I mean, of the guys, I, like when I lived in Colorado, I mean, that's 
Yeah. No, those brothers did not. I mean, they were, you know, uh-uh. They, they, didn't, they knew they didn't fit in black yeah. wives or whatever. They just stuck to what they knew and, and didn't want to be bothered. But yeah. they simultaneously almost buy into the myths of what black people are like because they think that their nerdiness makes them not black enough. Yeah. And also, even if they didn't buy into it, they still don't want to be that, that burden of how hard it is to be black day to day sometimes is too much for some people. Yeah. And I get it. Like, yeah. it's hard for the people who can deal with it. So, right. and knowledge who, makes it worse. I think that yeah, it, cause the, the more knowledge, you, yeah, the more knowledge you gain and the more you find out about who you are and the world that you live in, I mean, the reading that you're doing. I mean, I just, I was, remember, Dave, I told you one of my, you know, black friends told me, Ty, I don't want to discuss any of that racial shit you're talking about, bro. It mm-hmm. makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to be around it. I don't want to talk about it. And no politics, no nothing. No, yeah, I, like, I, I, I get it. Like, you know how people say, like, they, I don't want to, like, you tried the wrong one today. For all her goddamn faults, I think that Amy Cooper chick picked the right one. Right. <laughs> well, and all that's, the black people she could have picked on. I think she that's picked the right one. That's part of my problem with it is that by by refusing to uh, participate in the investigation, he's letting her get away with it, and it helps propagate the idea that you know we can we it's can okay. we can make this yeah, all go away. He, not everybody should have to be, put, be should have to sacrifice themselves. No, I I you agree. Know, it's a hard thing. I agree. Uh, you know, and I I totally understand. You know where where he's coming from, and you know via your explanation, it just it it seems to me that you know sometimes you you kind of have to take the hit. You know, when the opportunity presents itself and okay, I get it. What's going to be gained by throwing, you know, one white chick in jail and the, I don't know. I I don't know, but the, the idea that things are going to stay the way they are because nobody wants to make waves, you know, it's like, it's like this week that there's another type of black person out there. Cause I mean, and I don't want to use the word, but I think he's docile. And it shows the world that, like, not every black person is angry or out to get white people, even though he, he acknowledges that she did something wrong. She acknowledges that she did something that could have gotten him killed. But he's like, I'm choosing, because of the type of person that I am, to not be angry about it. I'm choosing not to want to destroy this woman's life, even if she deserves it. Not every black person... And and really, no black person wants white people to be destroyed in any way. We love you guys as much as you, <laughs> some of you love us. But and like and not all of us love white people. Obviously, we're not a monolith. No, a lot of us are a necessary. He's showing evil. how much, how little white people might, some white people might know about black people. Show he's showing that black people are not this angry monolith who want to destroy white culture, destroy white Americans, destroy the country. We just want equality. He said, like, I don't have to destroy her life in order for her to see that what she did was wrong. Or for, yeah, because she did lose her job. I mean, she got fired. She lost her job. She lost her job. She lost her dog. She supposedly lost her apartment. Like, she's... Well, like, I'm sure, except for the kindness of strangers and hopefully, her, and maybe her family, she's destitute. Do you, do you think We're maybe she could get a job as the spokesperson for the new uh, White House slogan, find something new? 
Yeah. No, because she's a liberal. She hates Trump. That's but, but, cool okay, idea. okay. But I, I've, I've, <laughs> I've listened to all this discourse, and I think uh, Tymon is the black voice of reason. There's no competition in that field. <laughs> However, guys, this is simple. We do not live in a country where he could go the rest of his life and be dealing with white people and be known amongst even docile whites as the guy who ruined a bitch's life over a phone call. Mm -hmm. That is how white people see this. You'd be ruining somebody's life over a phone call. That is the only way the majority of them can see that. And if you become the poster child for ruining people's lives over a phone call, which is how they would see it, your life diminishes precipitously from that point. I can understand that. We're we're, we're acting as though you you could persecute a white woman for this type of thing and live the rest of your life fine. It doesn't matter if this dude is a nerd. It doesn't matter. All this extracurricular bullshit. None of that matters. His life is going to be fucked if he's known as the Negro who fucked with white bitches over phone calls for the rest of his life. I see. All right. I agree with you on the overall principle there, but I think a lot of these people who you're saying, you know, view this as bitch getting her life ruined over a phone call, they would gladly ruin the lives of any telemarketer who gets their cell number <laughs> and is constantly hitting them with robocalls. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I agree with you in principle, but I think the idea is, and you know, I mean, granted we all, we all live in and around LA. It's we, we are in the bubble and I, I am from the Midwest from Chicago and parts more rural at times, but it, it just, it, flips me out that people cannot come around to the understanding that yeah it it is a phone call but it's a phone call that could potentially get you killed and the the thing is you know we we were talking a little bit earlier about how people don't understand the that knowledge is transferable and and you have all these things i i was watching uh the rachel maddow interview with with mary trump and I, I'm not saying that that Rachel Maddow was acting or anything or trying to exacerbate an issue or overemphasizing stuff, but her reaction when she asked, you know, so did did you actually hear your uncle use the N word or or use anti-Semitic phrases? And Mary Trump was like, uh, yeah. And Rachel Maddow you know, kind of wide-eyed, shaking the head, like, "Oh my god!" And well, I, I don't know. I mean, she. I'm so sorry. Well, it's but. like she she does a daily show. I I do this, you know, weekly, but I'm still fairly steeped in the news. And you know, maybe I'm smarter than the average bear, but I'm no rocket scientist. And you don't need to be a rocket scientist to to have put all the pieces together. It's it's like why is there any surprise and i i understand why there's outrage there should be outrage and i get that the the white house and and trump specifically have this you know sort of deluge men- mentality and that's what they're hoping for with the deaths for the election in november is that by by the time we do hit 200,000 dead americans because trump refused to act that Americans in general are just so used to the idea of people dying from the virus that it's just like, yeah, yeah, but what you're going to do, 
vote Trump. It, it's the the metaphor of the the frog in the boiling water has been brought up so many times. But I think that's that's part of my issue with Christopher Cooper not letting this thing go further. And I I get that sometimes you you just you don't want to be bothered. It, sometimes it is way too much. Some people aren't built and, for it. It's right, I understand like, that, but it's like I, you know, it's you, if if Rosa if Rosa Parks like said, okay, all right, I'll I'll move to the back. Where would we be? We're we're all geeks to a certain extent. We we have experience reading about multiverse theories. It wasn't even Rosa Parks. The Rosa Parks story is apocryphal because it wasn't really her. It was another woman who did who was like a Chris Cooper who didn't right. really want to be the face of that movement. And right. Rosa Parks stepped up and made that story her own. If you know the true the full story of it, like and if we if it weren't for social media. It could be somebody else stepping into Chris Cooper's place to take on that burden for him if we wanted to make an example of this Amy Cooper chick and make her the face of white American Karens. It's like, so it's the same. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. I also think that I just noted that blacks, uh, you know, especially a, you know, a lot of, you know, you have a, and he sounds like a conservative brother that, because a lot of the conservative black folks are, they're not for, any of this blackness, anything. He's they not conservative. According to his sister, he's apolitical. Okay. Well, they just don't, they don't want to deal with it. They think it's too much. You know, they mm-hmm. don't want reparations. They don't just, hey, man, I just want to listen to my tunes. I don't want to get involved. <laughs> but you I mean, know, to, to, to an extent, and, isn't yeah. isn't that just kind of like the the same thing as covering your ears? La, 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 I'm not listening. La, la. That if you know, no, no, I, I, if I'm the, covering the, the, the my problem, eyes, if I problem, don't see it, then it's not happening. The trouble comes into paradise when black people are always the ones that have to lay down and sacrifice their lives for everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think I think it would be better if we could, as a culture, learn that we all in this whole culture, more than a courtroom, more than any courtroom ever, we all as a culture learned that when you call the cops on people, I think as a culture, people got more awareness that, yeah, when you call the cops on people, that's deadly for certain people. And we, and we don't want to fix why it's deadly for certain people. Can we talk about that? Because nobody wants to fix why it's deadly for certain people to have the cops called on them. Nobody wants to fix that, but everybody wants to spread awareness that you shouldn't do that. And that well, that's like black on black crime. The problem. That's like the black on black crime thing. They keep hollering that how blacks are killing them, killing each other. Well, where's the fixing of that? They want to make it a democratic Republican thing. That was like, you know what? Well, black the whole on black racial crime thing. is a construct. It doesn't exist because all crime is inter is interracial. Right. Pretty much all violent crime happens from the someone of one race committing a crime against somebody of that same race. It's very it, like black on black crime is no more speci- like distinct than white on white crime or Chinese right. Chinese Chinese crime or Korean on Korean crime or Mexican on Mexican crime. But, it's but again, not a and most thing. of it has and most of it has economic basis though. Again, yeah, we keep well, that's what we've against. been pushing so long. I mean, we've been saying yeah. that for a long time. But people, you know, your your classic. Uh, uh, conservative, even definitely your conservative black economist guys, Glenn Larry, Larry Elder, all these guys who are trying to push this narrative and saying that 
systemic racism, the issues with the camera, that does not exist. And it's like, dude, there's too much data. You know how they always talk about data? There is so much data letting you know. But every, but because it was never taught in our high schools, you have to go dig for that information. You know, like redlining. Dave was, I remember we were doing it, and uh, Liz and Katie uh, Liz and Katie were on. They said, Ty, I never heard of redlining. Didn't know what the hell it was. I said, really? I said, yeah. They said, we never heard of it. She said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what that is. And we had to talk about it. And I thought, great. At least they wanted to learn what it was, but didn't know yeah. you had and to this, go find this information. Yeah, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with you know the, the 1918 flu not being in the history books. Redlining, right. Jim Crow, a lot of this stuff not in the history books. And much like if, as children, we had been taught about the flu epidemic of 1918, we might be more or better equipped to deal with the current pandemic if yeah. if we learned about institutional racism as children we would be more equipped to recognize slash fight against it if that's what you choose which you know i think it's the right well, side to choose but if, i'm biased our generation says like i guess timon's a little bit older than ed and i dad i think you're around the same age as you and as ed and i and it's like if we, if any of us had children, our children would likely be adolescents right now, mm-hmm. maybe teenagers. Yeah. Uh, and we would be the type of parent that would be able to teach, regardless of who we had children with, would be able to teach about institutional racism so that, because if we had learned about it, if we had learned about it as children, which none of us did, most of us learned about this as adults. Right. We would be able to teach our children so that by the time they have children, they right. would be able to teach their children. Even if they rebelled against us as teenagers, most kids come back around. I don't know. It's, just, it's, about, it's one of those things for me that I just find really bothersome is when you hear people talk about, well, you know, the the one good thing that's come out of this this Trump administration is that it, it's really like, you know, shown the, the racism that's inherent in the power structure. And whenever I hear someone say that, it, it just, it, it's like, you didn't fucking well, know white people. Like, yeah, black but people, I mean, brown people already knew, uh, you know, and Asians knew to us. Well, I mean, Jews, a, lot of, a lot of Jews know, so. you know, but, yeah, but yeah. it, it just, it, the ignorance surprises me. And, and the idea that, you know, oh, well, it's, it's, it's shining a light on it. And people say that like, it's, it's the, everything happens for a reason. Like, well, okay, now that a light has well, been shined, what are you going to do? Because they couldn't bring themselves to vote for Hillary. So they said, I would rather burn it all down than vote for Hillary. And and these are like, you know, these are some of my liberal, so-called liberal friends who I know who did that. And, you know, who blasted it on Facebook like it was the thing to be doing. And it's like, you know, some of us can't afford for it to be burned all to the ground. Yeah. Like you, as yeah. much as you think I, it's great for you, white forty-year-old man, it'll be fucking fine. For me, as a forty-year-old black woman, that could get me or my boyfriend or my brother or my cousin killed, and that's what we're seeing now. This year, but yeah, I, I, the, this this thing about the um, like what all the, the the moving of the statues. Everybody was complaining that mm. we're erasing our history and. When you find that the daughters of the Confederacy from ninth from from the early 1900s to 1970 
that's when those statues start going up, and that's and what was going on in our society at the time. Well, red tape, burning down black. What's that? Red tape. You know, it's there was a lot of paperwork. So those statues, you know, it it seems like they just went up during the Jim Crow era. It was started 1866, like right after the end of the Civil War. But there was just a lot of paperwork and government stuff, so they they weren't able to get them up for like another hundred years. Yeah. No, no, I mean, you were you saying look that. At, uh, if you look at uh, Mount Rushmore and you find out that the guy who designed Mount, Mount Rushmore had he had already been called to do the um, the one in Georgia with all the, but because he started becoming more expensive and he was taking too long, they fired him. He also had already joined up with the Klan, and it's like when you started looking at the flags and looking at the statues and you know Trump's coming out. Now, mind you, he's got a pandemic. That he's got to deal with, but he's more concerned about statues and they're but here's taking the thing, out like, his- Yeah, the thing about I, that I, is, it's like Germany after World War II, literally immediately within months, took down all of the statues of all the SS and Nazi leaders. Ain't nobody forgot about what happened in Germany in World War II. Not one person who has ever lived since that time doesn't know what happened there, and right. we can still learn about what happened in the Civil War without having to look at a motherfucking statue of the of General Lee. I don't know. I do most of my learning from statues. What I was going to say is that the women who put that up, when you were talking about history books, the, the, the daughters of the Confederacy also controlled the history of what was going in our history books. They were fighting to control everything that was going. Book Texas was definitely huge. And trying to tell us what would go on our, in the our, uh, history books, but because McGraw-Hill Publishing was actually the ones that were designing our history book, and they were making sure what knowledge went in, you know, the information that went in. And so, I mean, there, there were people who actually were working hard to make sure that you didn't know half of the shit that was going on. But also, and again, just the last things last. I just think it's it's there's a di- there's a distinct difference between preserving history and venerating certain mm-hmm. aspects of history. And statues statues have no power to remind you of anything. Statues have every power to confirm and enforce certain feelings. You know what I'm saying? Nobody looks right. at a statue out of context and goes, wow, history. But when you look <laughs> at it, and the reason why it's there is, is, is very apparent, it, it's to enforce frankly, a perception of white supremacy. Every time that white supremacy has been some part of a major aspect of what America is doing, we were doing great. You know, that's what they want to, that's the message right. they want to put out. You know what I mean? So these are these are white supremacy trading cards, and it's time for grandma to throw them out, no matter how valuable you think they are. Trader, right. trader right. cards. Yeah, <laughs> trader cards. Boom. Bada-bing. That's how we do it here. So re- real quick, because Clee was was mentioning earlier, you know, that if any of us had kids, and we, we do have some parents that are on the panel uh, on, on a regular basis. None of us are they. So we don't necessarily have a, a, a dog in the hunt on the whole issue of reopening the schools. But since we live in the society where the schools exist, we, we do have a dog just you know hanging out on the porch and i think well, i mean i got kids in my family that well, I care right about. <laughs> yeah no no no. i'm not saying like 
There, there are no children like in our immediate orbit, so we don't give a shit about any of them whatsoever. No, I mean, even, you know, like, I, yes, we have relatives, friends with kids that, brother, that we cousins. may like. I've yeah. got nephews and nieces. I mean, there, there are people. But I think one of, the, one of the interesting things that's been going on over the past couple of weeks is the, the drama over the Republican National Convention. And it was originally supposed to be in North Carolina where the Democratic governor said, well, we can't guarantee that it'll be safe to have an indoor convention with no social distancing and no masks. So we're, we're holding out. And the Republicans, namely Trump, said, well, fuck you. We're going to Florida where, where they don't have laws. Uh, Florida, like America's <laughs> Outback Steakhouse. Um <laughs> And and now, you know, Florida is the new epicenter of, of the virus in America, despite California's best efforts. And there are a lot of Republican members of Congress who are saying, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to go to the convention now. I don't think. Mm-hmm. And I think. Yeah, I love one of the Congress people whose excuse, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you out, but whose excuse was, oh, you know, I scheduled something else. <laughs> that weekend so yeah there's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of laundry a lot of shampooing there's some uh sorting of sock drawers that i've just been putting it off it was so funny i saw that i was like that's hilarious yeah it's uh my uh girlfriend from canada is uh gonna be visiting you don't know her yeah canada but i think if the the democrats and just Nancy Pelosi, if you're listening, people should at the very least pitch legislation, if not pass it, that says if you are not going to go to your party's convention in person because ostensibly of fears about the coronavirus or any other reason that is not an immediate family tragedy, then you cannot advocate for schools to reopen without Mm -hmm. proper safety precautions being taken. I think it's, we, we hear a lot about, you know, good for the goose, good for the gander kind of things. And I think this is a perfect opportunity. It's like every once in a while, you'll, you'll find a, uh, female representative, usually a Democrat in, in a red state or possibly just standing up against, you know, colleagues on the other side of the aisle, but when the Republicans pitch legislation that is aimed to take a woman's control over her own body and healthcare decisions away, that a woman, will, okay, well, you know, boner pills shouldn't be covered. Uh, any man who wants to get boner pills should have to get a vasectomy and, you know, some sort of probe up the ass, basically to just make the point of, the legislation you are proposing is medically unsound and merely exists to oppress people. And I, I think yeah. I, it was one of those things where it wasn't really even covered as another occurrence of the Republicans saying the quiet part out loud. But mm-hmm. Mike Pompeo was talking about how a lot of the things that the liberals are trying to get on the national agenda would change the American way of life as we know it. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the point is, is that there is something fundamentally wrong with the American way of life 
as we know it. And going back through the conversation we've been having today, a lot of that is because life in America as it is, isn't taught in school. It isn't, it isn't covered by the so-called news networks that the folks on the right like to, to listen to and get all their misinformation from. So yeah, yeah. the, you know, we, we do need to, and this is the, with, people know all lives matter or well, white people, more white people are getting killed. It's horrible. <laughs> whatever, whatever ignorant line, you know, they're spreading to try and maintain the status quo while insisting that the status quo is fine. There, there is no institutional racism in America, let alone in the police force. These people are like spreading those lies whether or not they believe them, if they believe them, it's even worse. But yeah, you, you need to recognize that there is a problem in this country and it's not well, just the landscapers outside my beliefs. house. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah, I just ahead. weaponizing people's beliefs is fucking immoral period. And I think that that's the, it. I don't know how anybody with any good conscience uh, could do so for any reason. I mean, it seems so antithetical to actually, you know, life. You know what I mean? It just it feels like if you're willing to kill your brother over a lie so you can make a dollar, like, who the fuck are you, man? And I think that that's exactly what's happening en masse with whole sections of our government and whole sections of our republic, is that realistically, if most people are uninformed and dumb and persisting in this ridiculousness, well, only a few of them are going to die, and the rest of them are going to believe that our staunch no-mask ethics got them through. You know what I mean? They really yeah. do this calculation. It's almost like how, uh, remember Fight Club? They were talking about recalls and how recalls are done. Like, it, they do the math. If the number of people who die in a, in, due to a design flaw is greater than the number of lawsuits they're willing to pay out, that's when they change the faulty part. That's when they do a recall or pull something back. Because it's such an expensive thing to put, do a recall. At this point, they can't recall willful stupidity. Willful stupidity is part of the of the market of their ideas. Yeah. Willful stupidity is part of the base. So they cannot negate willful stupidity lest they lose the entirety of the base. So they have to deal with the fact that willful stupidity, as Glee was talking about, is going to kill a significant number of their base. But they mm -hmm. do feel that uh, the, the cannon fodder in their base will survive and long enough to reach their COVID-covered hands up and hit that button that Trump is <laughs> They feel like that's what's going to happen. Their COVID-covered hands? <laughs> ah. Yeah. Good times. It still, it's, it still seems antithetical and unsustainable to me. They're overfishing oysters in the 1800s. They're trying to oh, pave the street with dead bodies. And it's right. not going and, and to that's, work. That's the, and that's the one last <laughs> thing about conservatives. I've said it before. I say it again. Conservatives is such the biggest misnomer ever because they don't conserve anything. Yeah. They don't conserve anything. They don't conserve the environment. They don't conserve money because the deficit always goes out of control when they get control of everything. They don't <laughs> conserve our bullets, certainly. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they don't conserve anything. We need to stop willfully letting these people call themselves conservatives because they don't conserve a fucking thing. Well, well so people say all right now. What's that, Because true conservatives do want to conserve. 
They want to be fiscally conservative. They do want to conserve the economy. True conserve. I have no problem with a true blue, full on, like actual. I, my my mind is I am socially conservative, but I'm not trying to trying to legislate people into the ground with the, what they can do with their bodies. And I want to be fiscally conservative. What these people are, they're alt right, and it's a completely different thing. It's it grew out of the conservative base. But they are not conservatives. Well, they're. they're, they're I, I feel like it's. They're pretty much a third party. If we're going to have a three-party system in this country, it should be, or, or I think it should, it should be four. It should be the far left, liberals, conservatives, and alt right. There's I think that's four fair. parties in this country. Well, but yeah, we already have them, so yeah, may as well. But we're forcing people to choose one or the other, and it's diluting the everything in the, and it's making this middle ground. That dilutes anything that anybody truly wants. So, if if not conservatives, uh, because I think I think you make a really good argument there, Ed. And I was I was thinking about it while you were talking. Like, what what should we call them? It's like, well, yeah, they seem to want to preserve uh, a way of life that that worked over a century ago. So, what do we call them? Preservatives? <laughs> Certainly not my jam. <laughs> oh, jeez. You got a damn pun. You know, it's my weakness. But, I mean, I think it does It does raise uh, an interesting question of, like, what, what do you call them? And, I mean, like Clea's saying, you know, we already have a name for them, alt-right, you know, or Nazis <laughs> uh, also seems <laughs> to work. I don't know. They they are here though. I think uh, another just I don't know why why um, maybe this has been brought up by other people before, but you know we're talking about how the the textbooks are full of of misinformation and omissions because of the folks in Texas who you know have the, the they've got the textbook uh, vote. California, I think, should make a move to take over the, the textbook content because we have shown, you know, it's, it, I was, I was <laughs> complaining earlier about this whole, well, it shines a light on things and then nobody wants to do anything now that stuff is in the light. So <laughs> the, yeah. the response to the pandemic here in California has shown that we do have plenty of ignorant motherfuckers. Well, you got, you got, like I said, we got orange County and then we got a couple of, conservative pockets in northern california yeah you get the central coast you know the farmers or in central california as well so major power centers san francisco la and san diego are like the fuck are the rest of you guys doing you're making it worse yeah well san diego (laughs) they're they're busy lighting naval ships on fire which i no evidence whatsoever but i am half predicting half hoping that it it was a fireworks accident. Just considering proximity <laughs> to the Fourth of July, that that ship that's still burning, still burning in San it's Diego, setting off fireworks around here every once in a while. I'm like, it has been five months. What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> I think we're we're almost out of him in, in my neighborhood, but uh, you still hear him every once in a while. Yeah, we're still hearing him around here, not as often though. But it was like a mortar drop here like, oh, that week before and of fourth of july i was like oh my god yeah even the <laughs> if fifth. i was a if i was a veteran i'd be having a full-on flashback 
Yeah, you know, we I, I don't know if we've talked about it. I know I've talked about it on the show before. I, I went to school in Columbia, Missouri. And mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the university is pretty much like everything in town. Yeah, there, there are two other schools, so it's not just the university. Mm-hmm. And it is... 30 miles from the state capital. But, you know, most of the town's economy comes from from the, the university and the other colleges there. And the city fireworks display, Fire in the Sky, was was done every year at the football stadium, at the university's football stadium, which was literally right across the street from the VA hospital. <laughs> And I, you know, my, I got my, my broadcasting started at KCOU, legendary college radio station. And we used to do, uh, well, I, I imagine maybe not now, but we would do a, a big sort of concert festival every year called Spring Fest. And it was a Spring Fest concert where we did the first big star reunion that, you know, sort of started a whole other thing. But before, we had to move. We used to do spring fest on this lawn near one of the dorms. And it was kind of close to the university hospital. And the year, the flaming lips played, we got a bunch of complaints <laughs> from the hospital. The lips. Oh dude, they, it was fantastic. This was uh, like right before transmissions from the satellite heart came out and uh, she don't use jelly. So they were still like willing to play, oh you know, small college radio festivals, but the, the university got a bunch of complaints from the hospital. Oh yeah. All that noise, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, we blow shit up across the street from the hospital for at least 30 minutes every year. Well, that's back when they were probably still calling it shell shock and thought the fireworks were helping. (laughs) (laughs) Not not that old. (laughs) (laughs) I'm that old. And right. and we had leeches. It uh, was that like became a diagnosis in like the late eighties. Like I was in middle school, so it. Wow. You know they built that stadium and started that fireworks display. Even if they did it in the started it in the sixties, they probably didn't think it was a big deal. And then nobody even knew it was a huge deal until this latest Middle Eastern war. I don't know. I would. I would. You know, they might. They were calling it PTSD in the '90s, but they didn't realize like how bad it could be. I would. I would bet good money on the fact that every orderly or anyone who had to change a bedpan, every janitor, <sighs> dreaded working the July Fourth overnight into July Fifth shift at the VA hospital in Columbia. They knew. Yeah. Maybe none of the rest of us knew, but they definitely knew. Like my brother is a fan of fireworks but he doesn't like unexpected fireworks so like he's organized his neighbor and most of his neighborhood is our marine veterans um or active duty so they organize their stuff so that the whole neighborhood is warned and like he lives in a small small ish town in yuma so they organize it so that people know yuma arizona with like hours if not several days of warning that fireworks are going to be set off so like my brother's town is like one of the few towns you know in arizona where people were not complaining about fireworks because they all knew when it was going to happen because nobody was setting off fireworks unexpectedly for no goddamn reason yeah i like people were doing it ahead of fourth of july and after fourth of july but it was like the whole town was papered to know we're going to be setting off fireworks at this time. You know, it's it's amazing. Even if people were going to be doing it illegally in their backyards and shit. They're right. Like they would tell their neighbors. 
that's that's the one thing I would like to. I'm I'm going to try and hold myself to this, but next year, like early June, going to start hanging flyers around the neighborhood, or maybe you know, there's got to be some sort of like underground Twitter account that like all, next door. all the Get on your next yeah. Door. Well, it's next door is more about the complaining of fireworks. I I want to like get word out to yeah, the to the fireworks people, to the ones who are lighting it off. But I, I think it would be great if everyone just coordinated like, okay, 10 p.m. is when we're going to do the big finale citywide. Like everyone who's lighting off, like save your big, like, you know, the, the really loud shells, the really pretty stuff. Like, you know, show starts at, at sundown because criminals not going to stop anyone. But let's try and like focus everyone like let's do the finale all at the same yeah. time. And it could, it I don't know, it, it could result in a, in a shitload of broken windows because of the resultant sonic boom from everyone lighting off their <laughs> shit at the same time. Uh, it could result in the fire department uh, having to respond the way hospitals are now with COVID cases. But, I, you know, one year, let's give it a shot. Let's let's just, like, synchronize the crime. Cause I just want them to not be doing it at like one thirty-two in the morning on, you know, June twentieth. Yeah, no. Well, that would definitely <laughs> help. Uh, that would be nice, but you know, or May eighth. How about we not <laughs> set it off at one a.m. on May eighth? <laughs> Baby steps, Clee. Baby steps. Well, I think that's you know, em- imploring criminals to synchronize their crimes is a good place to to close the show for the week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do want to thank you guys for for joining me today. It, it is a beautiful day in Los Angeles, so let's uh, get the windows open and stare out into the beautiful outdoors that we're probably not going to go into because lockdown. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for joining me today. Mr. Ed Greer, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on on the interwebs these days? I do thank you so much for having me on, dude. Uh, you guys are great to talk to in the morning. It kind of uh, wakes me up to all the injustice in the world. And I, <laughs> so, But the bottom line is uh, you can check me out on YouTube uh, on a channel called Reboot It, like reboot as in your computer, space, IT, reboot it. And it's just uh, me and, some, and my guys kind of doing franchises over doing them over in the way, the sort of venal, capitalistic way, everything you love is going to be rebooted. Uh, we kind of take that approach, but we try to do it with some art. So we kind of we kind of pitch, you know, it's kind of a movie pitch show. So if you like alternate histories and alternate castings and stuff like that, and you're kind of a fan of Hollywood and the Machine, uh, you'll like that show, and you'll like the creativity that we employ. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, I have a podcast, Nerd Goat. It's got 150 episodes that are in existence right now. I'm talking to my podcast company to see if we're going to stay on. So enjoy those episodes while they're there. <laughs> and hopefully they'll be there forever. And hopefully we'll have the brand forever. But we have to rebrand. Uh, we have a Patreon right now. It's called Nerd Goat Patreon for now. It might turn into Ed and Ron's Patreon. <laughs> but either way, uh, uh, our Patreon, uh, Nerd Goat Podcast uh, at, at Patreon.com, all that shit. Uh, basically, it's a way to support our, our show, Nerd Goat, which is basically just us talking to interesting people about their favorite fictional characters. And uh, we've had all sorts of guests on. We want to have both of you guys on, too, as well. So 
right on yeah i would yeah. i would love to do it so we will uh let's get yeah. some let's get something on the calendar we're scheduling man. yeah and, and mm-hmm. also i guess twitter and instagram is at, at ed greer destroys so thank you so much absolutely thank you uh always a pleasure also always a pleasure clee wiggins thank you so much for being here should you so desire where can people catch up with what you got going on uh, on the interwebs these days uh, so social media wise, you can follow me on Twitter at Clee Wiggins or on Instagram at Clee Wiggins SF. Uh, my Instagram is mostly full of, full of the food I've been making during the pandemic because I have been stress cooking like a crazy person. And uh, me and Ed might be rebooting our podcast. Uh, <laughs> speaking of reboots, we might be rebooting our Clee and Ed show podcast. Uh, we're working on episodes right now. Uh, so we'll see where that leads because a lot of them descend into just arguments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not fun for anybody. Um, and in the meantime, just, yeah. So just follow my Instagram because I'm really into cooking these days and I love it. And my Twitter. Don't try to friend me on Facebook because I haven't met you in person. You'll not, you'll be left on red. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, thank you for joining us today. It is always a pleasure to have you on. Mr. Time and Chip, thank you so much for your weekly dedication. Always great to have you on, giving us a little bit of reason. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you got going on on the interwebs or elsewhere these days? Uh, Time and Ship at uh, Facebook, Time and Ship at Instagram, Time and Ship at uh, Twitter. And you can also uh, get my book, My East St. Louis, on Amazon.com, as well as my uh, comedy CD, Universal Brother, which is on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, also, to uh, those guys, uh, I don't know if you've heard that they, with the so-called all the Black Lives Matter and stuff burning down, the word on the street I heard from Hollywood is that they're looking for black writers and they're looking for a lot of black material. Have you heard that? Uh, I've definitely heard of black people with scripts about the stuff that they want to talk about getting told to write scripts about their experience, i.e., give me some black suffering scripts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about this spaceship. Give me some black yeah. suffering on a planet. Well, I, I, a good friend of mine, uh, his wife is a first AD, HBO, and some other stuff. That word came out that that was what uh, she said. Hey, man, word on it. He just shot me a text out of nowhere. I hadn't heard from my wife. Said, hey, we're on the street. They're looking for black material. I said, well, it's a damn shame. We got to burn. We got to burn down the country to, to get you guys to pay attention. But <laughs> that's what it takes. Fuck it. You know, here we are. And well, so, no. yeah. By yeah, the way, well, fellow happy, members of the tribe, this is our it. chance to take over the industry again. All we need to do is perpetrate something horrible against us, and then they'll want our scripts. So. <laughs> uh, hey, so. I'm just happy. I'm happy that uh, that they're call that 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 we're marketable again. I don't think we've been this marketable <laughs> since the '70s, uh, uh, yeah. Timon. I don't think yeah, we've been this yeah. marketable since the '70s. <laughs> right. I mean, you know. I mean, we just had that. You know, we had to go in and and burn some shit down. Then it went to the. You know. We even had our people from Star Wars. What's the brother from Star Wars? Lando Calrissian. John Boyega. Yeah. John Boyega. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. He's like, I already so. got a paycheck, so I really don't care. Burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, and also, you know, uh, the guy who invented uh, Star Wars, he's married to his sister anyway, so he's uh, he's out there already. So he's, oh, George he's, Lucas, okay. yeah. 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 Right on. Well... We will we will focus more on that next week. 
I imagine uh, the <laughs> the the racial roots of Star. Nah, it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> you said roots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you mentioned roots, and Lavar Burton is like Star Trek, not Star Wars. So I don't know why you're even going there. <sighs> See, this is why people hate Jews. What? <laughs> no, it's. Uh, <laughs> Did you say juice? I, I don't like juice. I love it. Uh, that's going to go down as a great one, Dave. I was like, no, juice. <laughs> like, I know I didn't hear that, but let, let's just, yeah, let's just make sure. Uh, well, thank you guys for being here. As as Timon just mentioned, I am Dr. David Robinson. You can catch me online on Facebook. I am Dr. David Robinson. On the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. And if you've made it this far into the show, I'm sure you already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials. On Facebook, we are all spelled out, let's be treasonable. And on the Twitter, we are at L E T S B T R E A S O N A B L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you the listener speaking of you the listener want to thank you for listening if you liked what you heard tell everyone you know rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening and even on the platforms where you're not because coronavirus we got time if you didn't like it that's fine keep it to yourself you don't tell anybody we won't tell anybody everybody's happy we will be back next week hopefully you will too but until then goodbye goodbye